welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Is it on? Yeah. It's on. It's working. Mm. It's in. Hey, guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's uh, Sunday night, so we're doing this Sunday night Teacher Talk Live, which I can't even speak and I have my special guest Marley with me, but there's uh, it's I can't get my computer to do this the right way, so we're just gonna do it on my phone like I had to do last week also. Um, so here's our idea. The idea here is that it's Sunday night, Marley's hair is in my mouth, and it is time for teachers usually to start planning, they're fitting, they're sweating, what they have to do for the week and like what's going on here. Um, with your lesson plans and I just thought that it could be a fun idea to like go out and um, do a live stream and see how we can help folks that are trying to get ready for the week. Does that sound good? Because you know what it's like to be a student anyway, right? Lily said hello. Said pretty girl. <laughs> Hi Tracy. Uh, so what are we thinking of? What do we got this week? I'm going to try and get comments to come up on my page here. Let me know. You you watch those comments, and I'm gonna look for these comments, and then we're gonna see. We're gonna try and help people with what they have going on this week. Look, there we are on the computer. Yeah. Let's try and kill that volume. Um, so this week has been a weird week. Um, so they're saying that they're off for spring break. They oh. our spring break isn't until the end of March. I didn't but it's, get spring break. We get spring break at the end of the month. I went for a whole spring. week. We get to uh but I was supposed to go on a trip and then I had like a week and a half off or I had a couple days off for the snow and it just like was it just messed my whole week up. So it wasn't even worth vlogging anything. Um I have an observation. So Nicholas Jameson is saying, I have an observation. On Tuesday, I am a student teacher and I'm nervous. Any advice? Nicholas, my advice would be that nothing bad can come of it, right? Honestly, you're going to get honest feedback from someone, hopefully. And what's the worst that could happen? Like you're not, you, you don't, you don't have a job yet necessarily. Um, you're trying things out and just trying to find out what it is to be a good teacher. So I would say, just take it easy and expect criticism and then really use that criticism to look at yourself, look at your craft, see what you're doing right and wrong. Um, and, you know, that's the best I could say. I'd like to say relax, but come on, we all know that that's far easier said than done. But to the best that you can do, just relax. You think? What? Yeah. All right. So <laughs> So what am I thinking of? Someone else is saying, Tracy's saying no dog and pony shows. Here's the other thing I really like about this sort of platform on YouTube. If you see someone with a question or they're wondering something in the, uh, in the comment section there, like just go ahead and answer if you have a good answer for them because I, it's hard for me to catch every single person that jumps up here. So my class trip got ruined this week and I had, what else happened this week? We had a huge snow, pretty huge, yeah. right? Yeah, every day mostly we go outside in the parking lot because the snow piles which, make a big snow pile. Yes, which out. means if you're a parent, what do you spend most of your time doing if your kids are going in and out of the snow? 
What did I have to do all week? Um, put stuff in the dryer. Put stuff in the dryer, dry <laughs> kids off, change clothes. It was a lot of stuff this week. So what is it? Is anyone else on spring break or what are you worried about like or thinking about coming up? Does anyone have anything cool coming up this week? I think sharing those sorts of ideas too can can really help folks out as well. Uh, Kayla is saying any any interesting writing topics for elementary age kids? By the way, hi Reynolds and I love Marley's glasses. These are <laughs> these are my wife's Warby Parker glasses that she got. Uh, did that make you shy all of a sudden? <laughs> no. Um, so she got like a whole bunch of glasses and Marley's been trying all of them on. Are you wishing you had glasses now? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think what do you ever have any good questions at school that you have to write about? No. No. I th- I think I like asking kids stuff that shows a little bit of their personality that helps them to share things that they're excited about. So sometimes I'll ask like what um if there was a movie made about you and then I'll ask a whole bunch of questions. Like if there was a movie made about you, what would be the first question that would or what would be the song that would open your movie or what moment in your life was so pivotal that that's where they would start the movie from or what uh what song best represents your life what movie is most like your life what tv show do you identify with what tv or movie do you or tv show or movie do you wish you were a part of i I know growing up um i had a very tumultuous like late teens early 20s and for some reason that part of my life i used to watch boy meets world all the time because it was this kind of like ideal family where mom and dad were intact and and all the brothers and sisters had problems but they worked them out they had this great neighbor who was like mr feeney who was like this teacher but he was really smart and he was really kind and spent time uh and so that sort of thing just really really resonated with me when i was a kid and made me want to be like i was a part of that family so i think that is um that that's something i like to do as well so um whoever who was that kayla i have a whole list of those writing that i have like a list of uh right was that you yes kayla so of topics for writing if you email me at real rap with the reynolds at gmail.com, I will send, I'll just send that list to you so that you have them. It's like 15 or 20 or maybe more, I forget. Uh, So I can just send that out to you. Someone said, taking students on an author visit this week. I have Jason Reynolds is coming to Philly and I'm trying to get in on that meeting also, which I, so that sounds fantastic. I'm going on a trip for history about the war in our country, Belgium on Tuesday. That's fantastic. Are you leaving me? All right, bye, baby. Bye, Daddy. All right. I didn't expect I that to last. No. Are you going to take your glasses? No. All right, I'm not going to wear them. Wear um, them. I should wear them. I think I'll stretch them out. My head's too big. Should I wear them? They look too small for me. I look fancy. <laughs> you look I look, like, I look like that lady from Monsters, Inc. that just yells at Mike Wazowski all the time. Uh, Boy Meets World, I love that show, yes. Uh... Damon is asking, what courses in high school do you need to take in school to become a teacher or eighth grade math teacher? So I I think that depends on your state a lot of times. I would check in with like a guidance counselor or like college counselor and just they'll run through the list of everything that you need to take. I remember 
think thinking that sometimes I was taking the right courses, I would just pick stuff out that I thought looked cool, and I'm like, ah, oh, this will apply. And then you find out later it didn't, and then you find out that you paid a thousand dollars for a course that was totally meaningless in terms of like it doesn't go towards your helping you get your job. So I would just make sure that you check in with the with the college counselor, and then they'll they'll help steer you the right way. Uh, don't know how to explain it in English. So that trip. Selena, that trip sounds fantastic. Uh, I would love to go to Belgium and, and see stuff. Have I watched Girl Meets World? I've not watched it. I realize that it exists. I didn't have cable for a long time because we, we have a Roku box and I was able to just kind of live off of that and stream things like Netflix and HBO and stuff like that. So I never watched Girl Meets World, but I do love Mr. Feeney. I would put a poster of him in my room if I had one. Uh, your French is even worse. Well, I, well, you know, we Americans typically know no other languages. I feel like generally I'm taking my boys, I'm taking students to Belize in a few weeks. And I took kids to Costa Rica last year. And I learned that uh, my boys just naturally did that thing that a lot of Americans do, where if someone doesn't speak English, they just talk really loud to them in English and then hope that that, you know, transcends the language barrier. So it, instead this year, I've made flashcards up for the guys and a sheet of commonly said phrases so they can at least say please and thank you and like ask where the bathroom is and stuff like that without it being like a, you know, them looking too foolish. And I think in retrospect, they wish they had learned a little bit more Spanish before we went because it would have been more fun to be able to like converse with someone a little bit. Uh, let me see. Hey, Mr. Reynolds, Daniel is saying, just wanted to say that I took your advice to heart. Wanted to thank you so much about it personally, about the emotions and how to handle it. If you remember, you're welcome. I'm glad that I could, I'm glad that I could help with that. I'm trying to, this is the first time ever I've done a live stream completely on my own. We're like the wife for life is upstairs doing something and I'm downstairs. So I'm trying to, trying to multitask, which is not a strong suit of mine. What's up, Sean Alexander? He was a student of mine. He looked like the uh, lieutenant from The Wire. Uh, books is saying, MZ Books, I think I'm saying that right. I'm struggling a bit right now as we have a class with a long-term sub and they will not do any work. So you're the, you're the, the long-term sub in that class? I, you know, I think, so if I'm reading that right, I'd say being a long-term, being a sub in general is just tough. It's not your class. It's not your rules. The kids will feel like they can get away with stuff. You don't really have anything to hold over them. Like you could give a detention or write someone up, I suppose, but you're not able to deduct points. I think depending on how long-term that is and whether you're teaching or not. So if you're merely handing out work and then sort of policing the room, I would just meet up I would sit with different students and I would just uh sit with them like they were your only priority that period and so maybe that looks like five minutes or ten minutes or more but you're just working with just that student helping them to get started I think a lot of kids like most things in our lives right getting started is the hard part and the kids who are super like adamant against doing the work maybe just get to talk to them about you know what are they hope to do after high school where do they live what kind of shows do they watch what movies do they watch what song are they listening to right now and just try to get sort of a sense of who they are that might 
warm them up so that they know who you are. And you just let them know like, hey, you know you're not getting credit for this, right? But I'm still interested in you. And I think you are, you're, you're why I'm here. Like I came here because you're here. And, and so how can I, I, I'd like to just get to know you. It's gonna inform you for maybe when you don't have a long-term sub, if, you, if you're looking to be a teacher one day full-time, you know, getting an insight on what types of kids those are and who's doing work and who's not doing work. It just, it's practice talking to kids. So I would do those two things, both, uh, I always repeat myself and it's because I'm a teacher and because that's what teachers do, we repeat ourselves. So I would say, work with the kids that need it closely and try and help them achieve the goal of whatever that work is for the day. And two, the kids that are adamantly not doing the work, someone's maybe acting like a jerk, sitting in the back, goofing around, just go sit with those kids and show that you're not scared. That's a good thing to practice. It's a good skill to practice. So, sorry, I'm gonna try and get through these in order. My school, uh, the Mrs. CJ, which sounds like my name is CJ. So I, you, have, you have mistakenly been thought of as my wife by my students before. And when they see comments on here, Damon does your, oh, so you're asking what Damon is. Good, that's awesome. Um, what do I usually leave for cover work? So if I'm absent, I almost always leave something that is not related at all to what I'm doing. So I, I figure it's almost like I am, I, I don't, I don't want to like leave school or be out in the middle of making a painting and then have someone paint on my painting when I'm not there. Cause it's my painting. I don't, I don't want it messed up. I don't want my lesson uh, messed with unless if there was an opportunity where like someone really knew what was going on. So I have a co-teacher in the room right now. And when I go to Belize in a few weeks, that teacher will, will stay there and will continue to work on the students with the lesson. And I trust him. So that would be all right. But other than that, that's what I usually bring in the textbook. I don't ever use the textbook and the textbook isn't all bad. There's good stuff in the textbook, but I'll bring out the textbook. There's questions in the back. There's journal entries in there and stuff like that. And I just have the students work from there. So it's still furthering the skills that we're working on in class, whether that's symbolism or right now we're working on like character traits a lot and, and talking about them and where we can find them. So it would be something that would still support what I'm working on in class, but it wouldn't be like the same story or anything like that. Uh, let me see. Have you read Teach Like Finland? If so, what are your takeaways from those teachings? So I haven't, but I've heard a lot about Finland and I, you know, I, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to read that book now. I, I'm going to order it tonight just because I've heard this talked about before. And I think that it's worth having a, com a uh, conversation about. My takeaway from a lot of things like that, from when I have friends, I think that it's always so dualistic, meaning I don't think that there's a right or wrong way to teach or, you know, cause I see a lot of people in the US that are doing a really great job and I, I without, I can't just buy into something that someone's saying. There are, I mean, teachers, you know that, like, or students even, if you are reading a book in school and they're 
they're saying, you know, there, there's both. I just think there's, geez, without editing, this can go really weird because I'm working my thought process out as I'm thinking of it. I just think that when someone writes a book, they want to convince you of something. I would just love to have the conversation about what does someone on the other side of that feel like? What do they think? I'd love to see if someone hated um, like the educational system in a, in another country that everyone is praising just to hear what they have to say. Cause I think that that gives you a more well-rounded perspective. So I am going to check that out and then maybe I'll do a video about that. Maybe we could talk about it uh, next week on here and then that will work out better. I'll be more informed to be able to answer that. Uh, Detroit teacher, what's up? Two questions. One, how do you handle the fatigue that comes with teaching children from ermine and traumatized background? So I'm going to answer that first and then I'll check your second question in a second. Uh, it is real, right? Like teaching right now in class from the moment that I show up to school, which is usually around 7.20, 7.30 in the morning, school starts at eight, like the bell for homeroom starts at eight. And then I get done at four right now, but I usually don't leave until five because there's so many kids that want to talk. I sit and have lunch twice a day with students and that is... So, you know, it's, it's sometimes these are hard conversations because I can't really share. I can't divulge kids information, but I will say students going through things, students who have lost a family member recently who are in the, have someone that's very sick in their family, who are got put into foster care, who are extremely depressed. It it's taxing, right? It's, it's both really life-giving, right? I always think it's an honor to have someone share their life with me to have them share their story to have them share whatever there is going through it just feels like such an honor that they would pick me to talk to on the flip side of that it's extremely taxing especially because my wife works until she doesn't get home till 7 30 8 o'clock at night so that means i come home and do homework with my kids i make dinner i do all those dad things and i don't usually sit down till about nine o'clock and then i work on youtube stuff until about 11 o'clock at night so it's extremely tiring one of the things I find is I really have to make myself go to bed, get a good amount of sleep. I try to, uh, I've been doing hot yoga. I think I talked about this last week where I, it's me and a lot of really young fit people. And there's one old guy sometimes in the corner with a ponytail that I go do this thing, which is like yoga in like a hundred degree room. And you do yoga for 60 minutes because my back hurts and I can't really run anymore right at the moment. But I think building in things like that, building in like actually scheduling nights out with my friends where we go out and get a drink or we go out and get some food and or having people over my house and laughing, those sorts of things really rejuvenate me. But I'll say at this time of the year, like it's so funny to me to see on Instagram all these folks that are just can't wait for spring break to happen because I get, I know that feeling. I just think that's real dangerous to put too much stock into something like winter break or spring break or summer break, because it's not always as rejuvenating as you hoped it would be. So yeah, but here in the Northeast, it's almost springtime and my complexion, I'm starting to look like a twilight character out here. I'm so pale at this time of the year. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, your second question was, tell us about the ISTE conference and if few of us are planning a meetup. Awesome. So I got, I got an email, but it wasn't, it looked like there was a thread that I got the latter part of, and I didn't get to see the rest of it. So the ISTE conference is, I think 
the, I might be wrong, the biggest tech conference in the United States. And so my friend, uh, Darren Nakikahara, who has a YouTube channel as well, we are speaking at the ISTE conference this year about teaching and about being YouTubers. So we're going to be staying in Chicago for a few days. I think he's staying the whole week. I'm going out for like three or four days, depending on, I forget whatever my school is like paying for me to be there for. So we're going to do a talk and then we'll just be there to meet up with other teachers. So I'm really looking forward to it. So if you're anywhere near the Colorado area, or I keep confused, How Colorado and Chicago are not remotely near one another. But if you were near uh, Chicago, you should come check it out. And if you can't get into the conference, I will 100% meet up with you. So just, you know, you could contact myself or Darren and we'll we'll do a meet up there at uh, maybe dinner, maybe drink somewhere, whatever it is. But it'll just be super fun to just meet meet up with people. So is it only for teachers? The conference is for anyone that wants to go. But I think you have well, yeah, you have to pay to get into the conference. So you could pay for a day or you could pay for the whole week. Um, and I don't know, I don't get like any kind of like comps. So I, I can't even like sneak anyone in. But there's there's also a, a small chance I have students coming with me also with another teacher. So that could be really interesting as well. Uh, oh, okay. So let me go back to this. MZ said, oh, so you were the, you, so you contacted me about, you were the librarian that was having a hard time with the students. I think same thing. I think, I really, really believe that it takes a lot of time, but it's, it's the only way I really know of to really break through to a lot of kids is to have conversations. You know, I, I have, I have a student this week that this isn't, so I'm going to preface this with, I don't advise going against your administration or against counselors. I'm, I'm not for that. I believe in my administration. I just think administration is bogged down with a lot of things sometimes. And we have a student in my school that is having a very hard time right now that we're planning on doing a lunch with this week. So me, two other teachers that I think really could speak, like kind of like shed some light on this kid's life. So we're going to do a meetup this week and have lunch with this child and try and work through some stuff and, and get him on the right track for the rest of the year. I just think if a lot more people did that, it would take, it takes a lot of the burden off administration. It gives you a greater connection with that student. It shows the student that many teachers care about them. Like we're actually taking time out of our schedule to sit down with you, to talk with you because we really, really deeply care about you and we want you to do well. So I'm hoping that that's well received you never know. Most of the time, these things are like having meetings like this are so surprising to students where it's not so official. You're not in an office. No one's taking notes. No one's like damning you for the things that you did. You're just kind of having a conversation and letting them know that you care and that you want to work things out. So that's, uh, you know, I, I think building those relationships in that way takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort, but it's the the best way that I've seen to to help kids out and when they're struggling in school um jason is saying oh no question here but i wanted to say oh, you're gonna make me read nice stuff about myself out loud uh that you're an inspiration to me and fellow teacher and i appreciate that just jumped ah the screen jumped 
My bad. Uh, I appreciate the time that you put into this channel and the wisdom that you share. It is 100% my pleasure. Thank you so much for saying that. Um, people answering other people's questions. That's what I'm talking about. Someone's writing in another language. Awesome. I don't know any other languages. I know like four words in Spanish. But when I used to teach kids that were from the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico, I used to just pretend that I knew Spanish. So that then when you're cursing in my classroom, I would just give them one of those looks like, what did you just say? And they would say, did you know, do you know Spanish? I'm like, I know exactly what you just said. And then I didn't ever repeat it because they would say, well, what was it? I'm just, I can't repeat that. I don't want to lose my job. It was great. Did, did I do the Chicago event already? Oh, wait, I think that was already asked for. Uh, I did not do Chicago yet. Chicago is in June. It's like mid-June. I'll put up the, um, the, I'll let you know exactly what the dates are. Uh, Colorado, I already did, and Colorado was fantastic. Have you ever trained a student teacher? I got accredited into a credential program. Any advice for student teachers? I've never, I've never had a student teacher. I've almost had a few student teachers. I, I would do it. I would prefer to know the individual first to just make sure that it was a good fit. I've co-taught for the last three years and in the last three years I've had five different co-teachers. And some, you know, some folks just didn't work out. Some folks decided to go elsewhere. I had someone this year that took a different job and, and left that position. I, I have someone filling in now. So that's a lot of different people to work with and it's, a, it's harder to find that kind of connection than you would think, but I would 100% do like have someone student teach in my classroom if I felt like it was the right fit, if I felt like we saw things from the same, in the same way. I've had co-teachers before that, like they didn't, they didn't like the idea of sarcasm or humor in the classroom as a way to, to, to be like a classroom management tool. And I, that's 100% how I lean. It's all relationships, it's all humor. And it is strategically using anger sometimes. And some folks just go straight to the anger. So if you were student teaching for me and that was your gig, it's that's a hard thing to kind of like, I get it, it works sometimes. I know people that are plenty angry or like very, very strict in their classroom and that works for them. Awesome, whatever, I'm, I'm for whatever works for the kids but that doesn't really blend with me. For student teaching, if advice I would give is, one, do not wait to start doing the things that you kind of dreamed of doing as a teacher, right? Two, really listen to your cooperating teacher. And even if you think something is the most awesome thing, if they say it's not gonna work, it's, you know, you need to rethink this lesson that, that might not work with this particular class, it's really worth taking into consideration. There's a reason that they let a student teacher in there. I hope there's a reason that they, they let a student teacher come in. And you know they have a lot more years under their belt. I think a lot of times when you are first, second, even third year teacher, you are trying to do things that you think are going to work. You want them to work so bad, but they just, they just don't. So you have to find out what fits those kids and a, a veteran teacher might have a little bit more um, like experience or they might have a better radar for what those students need. I would also say my third thing is don't just stay in that classroom if you can. Try and observe other teachers as much as possible uh, because that's going to give you 
a better sense of like, what are kids like in other classrooms? I, I'm always fascinated whenever I see someone that is really having a hard time in my class or they're really a behavior issue and then you see them in someone else's class and they're awesome or vice versa. I'll have no problem with someone and then see that they're getting in trouble in another class. That's always kind of amazing to me and I want to find out why all the time. So that that's what I would do. And start, of course, building relationships with students from day one. Just ask them about themselves. Everybody wants to talk about themselves, even the shy kids. There's something they're interested in, whether it's you know, the fact that Super Smash Brothers is coming out on the Nintendo Switch or the fact that Jurassic Park is going to have their own sort of Pokemon Go game coming up or Black Panther or, you know, the new Avengers movie that's coming out. Like knowing what kids are talking about and then talking to them about it really gives you an in very, very quickly. So next, how would you go about practicing effective domain in the classroom? Would you recommend any readings? for a more natural approach. I'm not sure what effective domain is. Uh, I, I, Daniel, I don't know if, if you're from the US or if you're from a different part or if you're just using a term that I don't know what it is, but if you could flesh that out for me, I'll, I'll answer your question. Would you recommend any readings? Yeah, let me know what that means and then I can hook that up. Tips for introverted teachers in general, specifically for building relationships with students. Yes. So EDD, which I'm, I don't know if that's Ed or not, but here's my answer. When you were in school, you needed someone like you. Find the kid that was like you in school and be there for them. Connect with them in some way. That could... You know, I, I've known plenty of folks that were introverted and have been really great teachers. My friend Randy, uh, I think I think he would qualify himself as an introverted teacher. He just had a really great book come out called After the Shot Drops. Also, if you want to check that out. But uh, you, I think what you do is play to your strengths and don't worry about looking like you're supposed to be something else. Like. So I, I'm the guy in the hallway that's blowing bubbles. I'm giving high fives. I like hugging students. If that's not your jam, then don't do it. I, I, I felt like that was frowned upon a lot when I first started teaching. Like I'd be in the hallway kind of as some of the teachers would tell me I was like doing too much. And the more comfortable I became with myself, the more I realized that that's just who I am. Like that's who I am all the time. So I just played to those strengths. So if you're introverted, find students that, you know, maybe are introverted also, and maybe you eat lunch with just them and you have like the quietest lunch ever. Doesn't mean you have to talk to kids if you eat lunch with them. You can just give them a safe space. I have this kid that eats with me every single day. He says hi and he says goodbye. He, we never talk. He doesn't look at, he's remotely interested in talking. What he wants is a quiet space to just be who he is and read a book while he's eating his lunch and that is completely fine with me so find those students and just let them what you're trying to do is let kids know that they're seen uh because kids are too often invisible in schools and i think that that creates a a lot of issues for them growing up and i just think if kids knew that someone saw them and cared about them that would go a long way so you know if you keep if you look at it through that lens it doesn't mean that you just have to be uh super charismatic to to hang with kids. 
just had a counseling staff come and speak. This is Mrs. CJ. Come and speak to with my teaching practicum students. They spoke about dealing with trauma in the classroom. My biggest takeaway is self-care. I think that is 100% true. I, I think enough teachers don't take time to care about themselves. You know, but it's it's like... It's like every time you get onto an airplane, right? They tell you to put your own oxygen mask on first or you're not gonna be able to put someone else's on. And then, you know, when you're when you're already on fire, it's hard to, that wasn't really good because no one's on fire. I don't know what the heck I'm talking about there, but it's, it's harder to come back from that than it is to just have that preventative care for yourself. So it, it is really, really important. Uh, looking through these questions, seeing what's on here. I love that everyone is talking to one another. That is fantastic. Uh, what's up, Kate? Kate's a sleepy teacher who's been sick for weeks on end. Kimberly is asking, are you coming to speak with another college anytime soon? I have five or six schools right now that I'm working on dates and other matters to, to figure out like when I can, I can go there. Uh, so that is coming up i'm not sure like some of those i might I, I don't even know if i'm allowed to talk about states yet but i am and they're all over the country and then my family and i are planning on coming to california this summer also to perhaps go to vidcon which is the big youtube conference out there but also working out like a big uh teacher meetup with a bunch of youtube teachers in california at some time this summer as well hopefully in june so that that's happening uh but i am available to speak at any school if it's you know if it's around the country they just have to contact me and let me know like a time and a place and then we can figure out like flights and stuff like that but i'm down to speak anywhere and if it's somewhere local like so i'm speaking at uh st joe's university and right outside of philadelphia in two weeks i think i'll put that up somewhere too so everyone knows where it is but I'm looking forward to doing that as well. I'm speaking at a symposium there and then sitting on a panel at the end of the day to answer questions as well. Uh, Miss D is saying, I have been teaching science for 13 years in middle school. Whew, that gives you, that gives you white hair. That's what that, that gives you. I teach ninth grade, so it's, it's similar. I'm thinking of beginning the process of uh, national certification. Any thoughts or suggestions? Thank you for your time. So. I don't know what that is. What's national certification is, can you teach anywhere in the country that you want? I'm not sure what that is. So if, Misty, if you can tell me what that is and break it down for me a little bit, because um, my my wife for life's not here. She's actually trying to quietly walk around <laughs> the table real quick and go back upstairs. There she is. Um, where she's doing business stuff. So Kate is saying, not sure, but some might want to know how you redirect your students after you've been absent. Oh, that is really interesting. Kate, you should do a video on that. Like everyone knows that when you're out for a while to to have to go back to class and if it was madness while you were gone, like trying to rein it back in can be a very, very difficult thing to do. They, now the wife for life is here. Uh, Dustin, what's up, Dust Tales? How do you, Dustin, your dog is enormous, by the way, and it looks fantastic. It looks like it would eat my dog for dinner. How do you answer a job interview question like, uh, what would I see when I come into your classroom? I, you know, 
don't, here's what I would say. Don't be afraid to make yourself look awesome. I would just tell them you're going to see magic. You're going to see it's going to be raining unicorn tears in there. Maybe that's not a really good answer for an interview. But I think, you know, if someone came into my classroom, I think what they would see is uh, students really sharing themselves. Students, uh, you know, I don't know. What, what would you say to that? What would you see if someone came into your classroom? Like, what would I see? Like if I were answering to a cell, like yeah, yeah, because I don't think you can speak to the students because like every class is different. I have classes this year that are awesome. I have a class this year that's reading of mice and men. They're reading as a play. Every kid, I've not changed the readers in the class because every kid is reading in character and it's so good. They're getting really into it. I have a guy in the back that's in charge of sound effects. Uh, It's been so fun. Sometimes I play music over the parts that we're reading and it makes it really dynamic. So I I think what I would say is, yeah, I would say that I wouldn't, I don't know that I would speak to the fact of what the students are doing, like whether how much they were engaged, because that's just tricky because you can't guarantee that. What I would say is you're going to see a committed teacher that's bringing every single thing that they can to the table to try, let me get my wife out of the picture there, trying to sneak in, to to be the best teacher that they can prob- that they can possibly be. I'd say, I'd see a teacher that was teaching in, in a diverse way so that students were having the optimal chance of like really honing in and seeing what this was about and, and learning. A teacher that was trying to make, you know, being, in a classroom for 50 minutes as engaging as possible. So I would make it more about you than I would, would about the students, but because you just can't guarantee, like I have, I have classes that I try and bring the fire every day and they're just not having it sometimes. And you know, there's not much you can do about that sometimes. Uh, Miss D said she meant national board certified. So I still don't know what that is. I sound like such a loser. Well, let me see. Wife's going to look it up and then I'll I'll let you know. keep going. So. What are teaching hours in in Scotland? What does that look like? Uh, Let's see. speak in Algeria, I would come immediately to Algeria. I have off all summer. With the whole family. It would, my wife said with the whole, what, they could probably hear you because you're sitting right next to me, but um, that would be fantastic. National board certified, there you go. Uh, National board certified. Can you, can you break that down and read that so I don't have to read it aloud? Because I'm going to answer this next question. Uh, I'm being real loud. Live to the world right now. What if I mess up? Can't do that. Look like an idiot. Would be real crap with Reynolds. That uh, was so stupid. So I, Joanne is saying, so I started watching your show a few weeks ago, thinking I'd be applying for history positions, and now I have two interviews tomorrow for high school English positions. Joanne, I was just talking to someone about this. I, I think that's because English teachers and high school teachers are like, we're like a dime a dozen, right? There's so many of us out there. And, I, but I think the connection isn't always too far off. Like, I think it would be fun to teach history for a year or two. It would be fun to kind of, I really 
am interested in the idea sometimes of having to learn stuff so that I can teach my students. So several years ago, I started teaching a hip hop elective and I had to learn all kinds of stuff about hip hop. Like I thought I knew things, but I didn't know everything. I didn't know that like, like even funny little things, like the fact that Grey Poupon is the number one most wrapped about item in hip hop history. I didn't know that like the term hip hop came from Sugar Hill Gang from the song Rapper's Delight. I didn't know things like, you know, um, Eric B and Rakim were like, Rakim was like the first DJ or the first MC ever to like eclipse the DJ. It used to be all about the DJ and not so much about the MC and, and they flipped that around. So that was, it was really fun. Like that, it's a very micro way of saying that like, I really like having to learn stuff so that I can teach the students because I think that gives you a connection with students in a sense that like, hey, I'm learning this too. Like, let's let's learn this together uh, and not coming off like you are the, the high and mighty teacher all the time. Not saying that you would do that anyway, but that I'm not a know-it-all. Like, I'm trying to figure this out at the same time that you are. And I think that could be very cool. Uh, I am right here. Here, oh man, it keeps jumping. Uh, it'd be a great time. Oh, that was answering someone else's questions. Mm -hmm. Do I speak Italian? I don't speak Italian. I'm so sorry if that you're recommending, if you're talking <laughs> to me. The goal is eventually to teach history and literature. Okay, that's someone else's. Uh, sorry, I'm, I should be talking and doing this at the same time, but I don't, you know, multitasking is not my Well, it's jam. hard to read and talk. It's hard time. to read and talk, yes. Oh, uh, so Scott's teaching and just saying that she works for 12-hour shift and teach for 10 of those hours. Good grief. That's a long. I wouldn't just have white hair. I have no hair after <laughs> that happened. Good grief. So Kimberly is saying, would you ever speak at Montgomery community county community college a hundred percent if you can so here's what i suggest if folks because i've been getting this question a lot one of the things i've been telling folks is if you're a professor there like speak to whoever you have to speak to if you're a student there i think there's a real i think students forget how much power they have like schools want to bring people that are going to bring you value and if you think that someone's going to bring you value whether it's myself or someone else go to a uh, professor, go to the dean of students or whatever, whoever's in charge of that sort of thing, whoever is in charge of like student activities and, you know, show them my channel and, and let's put it together and then just have them email me at realrapwiththereynolds at gmail.com and I would be more than happy to set up anything. I mean, the bottom line is this channel exists so that I can just put content out there to help folks. I don't try and sell anything. I mean, maybe in 10 years, I don't know, I can have the wherewithal to write a coloring book or something like that, that, you know, so I think that's all I could muster, but, uh, that would be hilarious. Hmm. Write that down. Um, so I, you know, I, I'm not trying to sell anything or get anyone to buy anything. I'm just trying to help folks out. So wherever I can do that, whether it's here, whether it's at your school, I call a lot of folks on my personal time and like try and help them out with things or have going on. So just, I'd be more than happy to come and, and, and help out with that. Uh, are you looking for questions? Mm -hmm. Keep going. I have more <laughs> hair than the average suburban. 
I do, you know, I have a lot of it. A lot of it's white. It wasn't when I started teaching. It was all brown. And then the children changed it. I also had my own children around at the same time. Exactly. Um, hi, Kayla. How's life? It is fantastic. I had a very busy weekend, but it was awesome. And it is going to be a very late night doing stuff. And I have a test for night that I have to write this evening. And all kinds of other Did you stuff. How do you deal... So Indicadius, hey, I remember that name. It's really funny when you start remembering people's names. I don't really know your real name, but thank you for showing up all the time. How do you deal with gifted kids who have learning difficulties? Uh, so there's a lot, there's a lot there. I had someone contact me recently, maybe it was last week on this podcast, on this broadcast that like, what do you do with kids that like finish a test early? What do you do with kids that take way longer than everyone else to finish a test? I never give limits on things like testing. If it's an assignment that I think you're really struggling with, you know, one of the things I, 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 I talk so much, I forget what I'm saying all the time. Fair is not equal, right? So like what's, what's good for one kid might not be good for another kid. And as much as you can differentiate that sort of either differentiating the instruction or making the um making the the assignment like two different types of assignments or giving a kid like different questions or giving another kid a whole different I mean I've had times where I've given kids a project instead of making them take the actual test because I felt like that was going to be a way that they were going to flourish learn what they knew or show what they knew better uh so I think don't be afraid of making things different you know, if kids are going to complain about it sometimes, but who cares? The boy's over here running around, and it's crying. What's up, son? He wants to be in it. What's up, Libby Bunny? What's up? Are you running? I was watching your view upstairs you were? live, bro. Did you give me a thumbs up? No. Bro. I was coming down here son. to get some chips. All right. Go get them. I love you. Catch you later, guys. <laughs> I mean, you make them. You don't know how they're going to come out. They just they just do this stuff. So in, for that, I would say don't be afraid to make very, very different lessons for kids because they need it and because that's... <laughs> I love you, son. I love you, too. All right. Have fun. Make sure you give me a thumbs up and you go back upstairs. Okay. History Girl is saying I'm an aspiring teacher and I want to ask what is the best way to handle a situation in which a student is not able to grasp a subject at all and you are out of ideas in which to help them. Whoo! So, man, I love these questions because it gets real. Here we go. We're we drinking water now. So, I, th yeah. man, there's there's no kind of easy way to answer that question because, right? Like, what you want to do is help every single student. You want to push all kids so that they can achieve, but like. I think at the end of the day is achieve what? Like what? Are, what's their end? What do these students or what do their parents want for them? Do they want them to be a business mogul or like a video game creator or an engineer? Do they want them to just get through high school and know some, how to read and how to do math? Are they, you know, it's, it, I think it comes down to like what's the end game sometimes. And, you know, I get a lot of students in the ninth grade who are on a very, very low reading level. Some kids are on a second and third grade reading level when they're in ninth grade. And 
that really, that says a couple of things. Either that student was just pushed through because no one felt like dealing with them. They were too much of a discipline issue. And so they just got pushed through the system. Maybe their school didn't offer uh, enough services for the, for the issues that they had. So maybe there was no program for their dyslexia. Maybe there was nothing available for the fact that they had like, you know, I don't know. They, executive they, functioning. Yeah, executive functioning disorder or some sort of processing disorder. The schools don't always have all the resources to be able to help every single child. I think sometimes we do the best we can with, with what we've got. So what I would say is if I have students like that this year where I know, right? And this is, I'm putting this out in the world. Like, I just know that like, we can't do everything we want to for the kids. Like the class size is too big. There's not enough time. So, but that doesn't mean I give up on that kid. Doesn't mean I'm not going to try to do every single thing in my power to, to do something about it. I just think that not all the time can you go through like the proper channels, right? So of course you write a recommendation to the special ed department. You let the counselors know and you get everyone on the same page. But I think after that, what you do is you create a circle of teachers that are going to have the conversation. Here's the student, here's what they need. I'm having a very hard time figuring this out because no doubt everyone else is too. What are you as a group going to do? And so maybe you work at a school where you can pull administration into that conversation. I, I would feel very comfortable at my school doing that because my administration is fantastic. But if you don't have that, like maybe you and four or five of the other teachers that kid has like pull your resources together and figure out a plan for that student. And if their parents are, so sometimes parents are very willing to have that conversation as well. Sometimes they're not, sometimes they're not around, right? If someone is in foster care or they're living with grandma and she's working two jobs and she just doesn't have the time, figure that out amongst yourselves. There's a lot of power there. There's a lot that you can do to, with just the other teachers that you have around you to help figure out a plan for that kid, I think. Um, Franklin Goodwin from Colorado said that he had his first interviews this weekend. Oh, really? Franklin Goodwin. That's the guy that hooked it up for Colorado and had his first interviews? That's what I'm talking about, buddy. I hope they go great. Um, there you go. Next question. Philip is asking, CJ, do you have advice for a fellow English teacher to get students interested in a book that you know is boring? In Ireland, we teach two subjects, and I usually, we arrive at 8 in the morning and don't leave till 10, 10 at night? What is this? These hours are ridiculous. That's a whole other conversation is like how long school should be and when should it start. And teaching t teenagers and having them show up at school at 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the morning is like absurd. They're asleep for two hours. Uh, let me get that little notification off my phone there. Um, there you go. It's a big picture of my hand. So... There's a couple of things I would do, Philip. I teach uh, The Merchant of Venice every year. I don't really like The Merchant of Venice. I used to teach Romeo and Juliet, thought it was great. Now I teach this, not super stoked. I think there's a couple ways you could go about this. One, you could let kids know, this book is not my favorite. It's kind of boring. We're gonna make it the greatest possible reading experience that we can, and maybe you win with that. I've had times where we've read Merchant of Venice and it's been awesome or it's been really funny or I've just had the right group of kids together to make that something that was valuable and something that we all really learned from and then I've had times where it's totally sucked uh so I think being honest with kids is one way you could do it stop you're bouncing your leg and it's making look oh. we look like we're in an earthquake oh sorry right <laughs> 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 what 
<laughs> so, I was, whatever. Um, I think the other thing you could do is, you know, try a bunch of stuff, right? Like, if you know it's already going to be boring and there's a really good likelihood that the kids aren't going to like it anyway, maybe do small reading groups. This time, uh, this year I've done reading groups of three kids. I found that two kids, like two kids reading together works a lot better because the there's always that... There's always that extra dude in a group that just assumes they don't really have to fall in. They're not really going to do anything. The other kid, two kids are going to handle it. But if you have two guys, I teach all boys, if you have two guys reading together, that other person knows that their time is coming up soon, so they need to follow along and be able to answer the questions as well. Maybe you make it something where there's uh, just a chunk of time in class that you have to read. So maybe today, listen, I get it. We're not all loving this book. I need you to read for 15 minutes. And then... And and maybe preface what's going to happen today. I want you to be able to tell me, though, what happens at the end of, like, this scene. Like, is the dad going to, you know, what do you think the dad is going to do? Or what is, um, is Lenny going to end up getting in trouble? Or is Piggy going to get himself in too much trouble? So you, what you're doing is, like, kind of building in a trailer for the day of what they're about to read. And then trying to get them excited, even about, like, sort of minute details. Or tell them, like, hey, look. I really liked this part. And you can even totally lie about this. I really liked this part of the book. Like, I'm, uh, wait till you see what happens when this character finally shows back up at home. So giving them that trailer can build excitement in. And then using the remainder of your time for, like, a project or a little game or something where, like, you're sort of building in an incentive if... allows kids to know like, all right, I can do 15 minutes. Like I can, I can suck it up. It's not 50 minutes. It's not 40 minutes of reading. It's this chunk of time, whatever that is for the. This through, um, that those might work. Uh, Fatima. I always, I'm the worst with names. I really hope that I'm saying that right because that's a very beautiful name and I hope I'm saying it correctly. Do you think college prepared you for teaching? Well, I'm a senior in high school hoping to become a high school history teacher. Uh, so I think in some ways it did. In some ways, I think that college gives you classes that are, comp it's like kind of like high school, right? Like you take those couple of classes where you're like, I don't know if I needed this. I don't feel like I'm a better human being or smarter because I took that class. And college is like that also, right? It's a business. They're trying to make you well-rounded, but sometimes the things they round you out with are completely useless. That being said, I have had a number of teachers in college that I felt like were those teachers alone made my college experience worth it. Uh, I had a teacher at Rowan University in New Jersey. Her name was Dr. Jorgensen, and her classes were fantastic because she like literally just finished teaching high school that career and then started teaching in college. So it felt like she actually knew what she was talking about. She was just got done being in the game and was talking about it as opposed to someone that taught 20 years ago for a minute. And then, you know, now they're trying to tell you what it's like to do that. Uh, teaching is a lot. College for teachers is a lot like learning how to swim in a classroom, but never actually getting in water. You're like studying what water is made up of and studying how it, how it works and how waves you know, can affect you and, you know, how bodies float, but like just get in some water and start swimming. 
that's what you really learn from. So it, it can help, but not always. This is LMCLCI. Hey, I'm currently, I'm sorry. I'm just bad. Fatima said uh, she pronounces her name. Oh, she did? Yeah. I'm glad, Fatima. Thank you very much for letting me know that. I am currently studying at university and I was wondering what could I do to gain teaching experience? Thanks. So what I would do is I don't, this doesn't always work, but you, this is what I would try. I would contact a number of high schools or middle schools or elementary schools, whatever you're looking to do and see if there's a chance that you could come in and observe classes. I think the benefit in that is you're getting to see a lot of different types of schools or types of, or, or grade levels or subject areas and starting to note what is good about certain teachers, what you think other teachers would benefit from. Like, so maybe like people aren't so good at certain things. Like how could they become better? That would, is really going to give you a better sense of like what, what it is that you're getting into. And, and, and then when you talk about things in class, you have some real world experience, like pull from to say, hey, you know, while we're talking about this topic, I actually noted this in a class that I observed last week the other great thing that that's going to do is if you are observing those classes, you're building relationships with those teachers. They're seeing how committed you are, that that it's not just because the school sent you there to do your practicum or your student teaching, but that you're there of your own volition. Like you're going to have a way better chance of getting hired in the future and, and being able, like, even if that school doesn't hire you, like using those folks for a reference just sounds super powerful to me. So I would try and go in anytime um, I think anytime anyone's ever asked me through like email or whatever, if they could come and observe my class, it's been, yep, just come in. Some schools might need you to have like certain clearances, but you know, typically um, that's like, if you're in the teaching world, you already have those through substitute teaching or your school already made you get them or something like that. So I've never had a problem with that. I don't that. know if you already into that. Uh, what's your school's cell phone policy? This is Matt Lap. Laughlin, Matt. Uh, la so the so let's say this, Matt. There is the school's policy. There's what actually happens, and there's what is your policy. I tell kids this is my classroom, and what I say is kind of like what's going to go on there. So I, I I don't like kids having cell phones out in class unless I ask them to, because I just. I don't want to end up on BuzzFeed. I don't want to do that one thing, that one time that gets blown out of context, like shooting a kid with a water pistol or drawing on a kid's hand with an Expo marker or putting tape in their hair because I just think that's funny sometimes. And some days, class is real boring and kids are real, real tired. And then you just do something silly. Like uh, someone asked me last week if I've ever used Go Noodle in class. Go Noodle is a sort of like a dancing program. It's like videos that have kids sing and dance. It's for elementary kids. I used it in high school sometimes just because I think it's funny and because I think that it breaks up the monotony of the day. But if someone recorded that and put it on Snapchat, it looks like I don't know what I'm doing. It looks like madness. And sometimes my class just looks like madness because I allow students to sit wherever they want. We will pick our own projects. We are working on our project so it gets really loud sometimes. And Kids are excited about what they're doing. And for instance, we did Shakespeare declamations this year where the kids had to learn like 
15 or 20 lines of Shakespeare. Some kids were setting that to music. Some kids rapped it. Some kids sang it. Some kids acted it out. But when we were preparing for that, it looked like I had zero control over my class. But the funny thing is, even in the video I put on YouTube about this, I knew in my head that like what those kids were working on. I knew they were laughing their butts off in the back of class because they were getting really excited about what they were about to do. I knew that they were listening to music and looking stuff up on SoundCloud because they were trying to find beats that matched the flow that they wanted to have. So, you know, I, I, I think if that shows up on the internet, it can just send the wrong message. But, um, and I think that kids, and I know I am too, are too addicted to their cell phones. So you need to like, there are times in your life where you're not gonna be able to be on your cell phone. Put that away. This is that I, this, I need you to hone in for this amount of time. And then sometimes I build in at the end of class, like five minutes if we do really well and say, hey, if you have your phone out, you can play a game. You're not allowed to go on Snapchat. Don't stream anything. Be smart, but you can use it at the end of class. But if, if I don't want you on it, I always, I confiscate the phones and lock them on my desk for the rest of the day. But what do you do with them when you give them back or if they have them out when they're not supposed to? Oh, what do I do with their cell phones? Yeah. Like, the weird stuff I do yeah. their cell phones? Oh, I do weird stuff so to their cell phones. So if they break phones. those rules, what do you do? So I will sometimes take paper towels, I wrap the the cell phone in paper towels, and then I put duct tape around it so that the child has to open it when they're done. Sometimes I put the, if, so if this is like repeat offenders, not the first kid that ever did it. This is like the kid that's done this like six times this year. I'll turn um, their brightness all the way up and I'll turn their flashlight on and I put it in my desk drawer so that it drains their battery. I will um, I will set it up on my windowsill and I take time lapses of the parking lot so that it uses up their battery and fills up their memory. Um, I do weird stuff. And all that you have to be real smart with too. I'm not saying that everyone should go do that because sometimes you have the wrong kid that's on the wrong day. It's gonna go, it's not gonna go right. But kids that know who I am, I know that I can kind of kid around with them. That's, you know, teaching is all about having radar for what you can, how to teach certain kids, how to kid around with certain kids, how to build relationships with certain kids, all that stuff. Uh, inspirational teacher podcast or other bloggers that you recommend. This is Joanne. Joanne is saying, uh, who am I? What am I doing? Okay. So in, I would say podcasts, uh, who am I thinking of? Education wise? I'd say Inspirational Souls is on is a podcast. You can find that on SoundCloud. They're a really good. Um, I'm blanking on my friend's name right now that does that. Uh, and channels, I think all the regular ones. I mean, some of my favorites that are some folks that are like pushing actual teaching skills and, and things that you can do are One Fab Teacher is one of my favorite people in the entire universe. Uh, Kate the Sleepy Teacher is does a lot of stuff where it's like, you're actually learning how to implement certain lessons into your classroom and and what that looks like. Like she makes very long videos so that she can flesh out that whole idea so you have a complete understanding on on that. Uh, Kate, oh, Kate's on here. Kate is saying the Gib project. Tom Gib. Tom Gib. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We don't watch them. Those are, that's... Uh, Darren Nakikahara talks about tech a lot on his channel and talks about how you could you do that stuff. But yeah, those I don't I don't have a good answer for that one. Those are my three people that I would pick We're off the top of my head. Between making content and yeah. kids and all that. I don't have oh, okay. Uh, you good? No, I just don't have one. I wasn't looking. Sorry. All right. Uh, she's not looking. Okay, so let's no. do let's do one or two more because we're at about an hour now. 
Matt is saying, hey, Reynolds, does your school have a universal rule oh, for the cell phone? So we have universal rules. How do you handle those when you disagree or oh, other teachers are lax and are weak in the ability to enforce them? Matt, so I would say this. I would say this for any rule in your school. Your school has a particular rule about uniforms or cell phones or lateness. You can't always enforce those, right? You can try. You can do it in, you know, when I stand in the hallway in between periods, I'll enforce things like uniform. You have to have your shirt tucked in. And if you don't, I ask kids all the time. I go, bro, you messed up. I think you tucked your pants into your shirt on accident. And that always takes them a minute to understand what I'm talking about. Somebody asked. But about along the same lines the shoe sleeve thing you see like how some oh, have them on the back so i know dustin did that my friend dustin from the channel dust tales has uh sort of like those shoe things you put them on the back of your closet door so you can put these the phones in these little pockets some teachers have a charger next to them so the kids have an incentive like you can charge your phone but it has to stay in that pocket you know other teachers are always going to be stronger or weaker on certain rules because it's important to them or not important to them. I know there's things that are really important to me that I am hard and fast and enforced, and there's other things I'm not so passionate about and I let slide given, given the situation. My rule is this. In my classroom, this is how it looks. So when you walk in my door, I need you in uniform. I need your phone away. I need you to not have headphones on because I think these are all like going to work against your success in my class. And then when you leave my classroom, you cannot have your phone out, your shirt cannot be untucked, you know, your your belt has to be right because that is a situation, I'm not really even sure why. You can't have headphones in. So it's really like, my classroom is the place I can police the most, but outside of that, I don't always have, I can't crush all of those things. I would say though that it's worth having conversations with other teachers that are able to listen and say, hey, I'm noticing that this is a problem. What can we all do to work on this? I had a meeting like that just last Friday where it was like, we identified an issue and we as the teachers got together, had a conversation about what that could look like and what we could do to work together to remedy that situation like uniform infractions or discipline issues or kids that were like just being blatantly disrespectful. Like how are we gonna help work on those things. So I, you know, I'd say it's in your classroom and it's being a part of the community in the school. And you know, not just, I'm not saying you're doing this, but a lot of times people just complain about things instead, like trying to work out solutions with other teachers to see what you all can do together. Oops. I just almost mm -hmm. deleted that. Uh, CC is asking, how do you help a student? Hey, CC, how do you help a student in the classroom that has been through an extremely bad situation at a young age? We were recently given information about my new student and it was so disturbing so i would say there's a so this is going to be one of those things where it really depends on who the kid is what's going on what happened who like like what what you're allowed to do as a teacher i have done i've done really wacky things for certain kids uh where like a few years ago i had a student my my student jordan who's a really exceptional young man, was on a college trip to Boston where they were going around on a double-decker bus to go see a whole bunch of different schools. And that double-decker bus went under an overpass that it was too big to go under, and it cleared the top of the bus, took the top of the bus off. 
His mom ended up in the hospital for months, could not leave Boston. He was almost, I mean, everyone was almost killed. That was on the top part of that bus. He almost died. He was having a really hard time sleeping. He was like had PTSD from it. So when before he came back from Boston, because they, they held him there for a while in the hospital, I gave him my phone number and I allowed him to call me at night. And, and I know not every school allows that sort of behavior, but he was able to call me and I would just kind of talk to him, let him vent about what was going on. Because he didn't want to talk to his mom. He didn't want to scare his family and tell them that, like the things that he was feeling. So we would just talk. And it wasn't anything that I felt I had to go to a counselor about or anything. Like I knew the school knew that I was doing this, but that was something I could do for him. When he came back, this sounds ridiculous, but this is what I did. We had, uh, I'm glad you didn't die party. And which, man, that sounds so bad, but it was, if you were there, you would get it. If you knew Jordan, you would get it. Where we had all of his friends show up. It was the first, his first day back. At the end of the day, we got pizzas and soda and stuff. We got everyone in the room and we surprised him and had this party. And it just meant the world to him to have everyone around. They weren't, no, no one was being like afraid to talk to him. You know, because a lot of times when that sort of thing happens, like nobody says anything to the kid because they're just so damn scared that they're going to say the wrong thing. So the idea of the I'm glad you didn't die party was let's make this so like we're really glad you lived through this horrific experience you came back to school we love you so much we want to do this thing for you and if you need any of us come talk to us like we made it that big of a of an explosion that you know jordan still comes back and visits me and he graduated years ago there are students that i have that have lost siblings that have lost um friends i just think it's for me it's all about being real honest with that kid saying yo that is the worst news I could ever hope to hear to like hear that you lost a friend or lost a brother and then just not making them talk about it but just reminding them that your classroom is a safe place should they ever need anything now the thing is they're gonna think in two or three months a lot of times that you've forgotten that you said that 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 offer doesn't still apply that everyone else has moved on from the situation so there needs to be a reminder every so often that hey look just so you know like, I'm here for you. And then maybe asking questions if you feel like they would open up if you did that. So saying like, hey, I'm just wondering how you're feeling. How's your mom doing with all this stuff? Is there anything that you need? Are you doing all right at night? Is there anything that's like that I can help you with? Or I think a lot of times is sharing your story as well. Uh, it's sharing like so if i have a student that lost their father i tell them about the fact that i lost my dad when i was four he died of brain cancer and it was really traumatic to me and i you know used to dream about the fact that i thought my dad was maybe alive somewhere and i'd run into him on accident one day or i tell them that i lost my mom that i quit everything in my life for six months to take care of my mother and she passed away from uh from lung cancer and sometimes sharing those super honest situations with kids lets them know that like they're not alone they're not the only person going through this sort of thing that you have been through something similar to that you're not trying to compare you're not saying i know exactly hey man i know exactly how you feel i i lost someone too but what you're doing is like letting them know that you've been through some painful moments also people helped you out and you want to do the same thing for them that was a really long answer but i felt like it was worth it last one. uh this is the last one okay cool nina nicole that's a really Cool last name says any advice for student teachers or final teaching practice so 
I think I've answered this a couple times tonight, but I'm going to answer it again because it's that important. I'm going to give, I'm going to say my quick answers and I'm going to add one on to the end that I don't always add on is one, try to try everything that you can think of. Try every crazy idea. Do not wait to be, you know, more seasoned to try crazy ideas. Try them anyway. Two, really, really take people's advice to heart. Right. So if someone says something and they don't like your lesson or they think that you should change it, don't just get so caught up in the fact that like you really worked hard or it was really, you know, it took a lot of courage to, to implement that lesson in class. I know that it does sometimes, but sometimes it's just not a good lesson. Right. So listening to people and, and heeding their advice or at least having the conversation about it is really, really worth your time. Get to know your kids immediately. Ask them every single thing. Um, that you're wondering about them. And if you're not wondering anything about them, just ask them about themselves or like, like see what they like, see what they don't like. I th- say the other thing you could do is get involved in stuff. So when I student taught, I was involved in the, uh, with the play. And so I helped go, I went in on Saturdays. I helped build the set. I helped with lights. I helped with picking things up. I helped with um the SAT prep thing. So when kids brought in money for their SATs, I helped like just make sure that they were on a list. These were all like sort of extracurricular things, but it gave me a space to really get to know the kids when I wasn't in class on a really personal level. And that's what I wanted to do anyway. It's, you know, teaching for me is about the curriculum. It's important, but it's far more about the relationships first and making kids feel seen and loved and knowing that someone cares about them. So um, that's it. So we're at 73 minutes. I'm going to cut off there. I keep looking at the wrong place on this camera, which makes it looks like I don't know where I'm looking. But um, what was I going to say? I don't know. Folks, if there's anything that you would like me to make a video coming up about, I've not made a video in like two weeks because I'm working on four really important videos, I think, that require students and a lot of other things. So it's been taking time to, to flesh that out. Uh, make sure that you leave comments. If you want me to speak somewhere, Make sure you let me know where and tell me who to contact and we'll hook it up. I hope everyone has the greatest week of your whole life. I keep saying that and I don't know that I really wish that for people because then it's all downhill from there. You have the greatest week of your whole life. Have a super day. I just hope you have a great rest of your Sunday and your week is awesome. That's it, everybody. Thanks for watching. Peace. I don't know how to end this. Week, so that's, that was, it was so strong of an ending and now here we are. I'm sure. And that's it for this week, gang. Look, if you ever want to have your question answered on Sunday Night Teacher Talk, all you have to do is show up at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on my YouTube channel, Real Rap with Reynolds, and I'd be happy to answer any question that you put out there. Nothing is off the table. Thanks so much for your support. We really, really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great week. Peace.